All right, welcome to the podcast. This is Racer Dude. This is Zentor. And this podcast is sponsored by Liberty Ale. Liberty Ale is brewed from malted cereal grain with a strain of brewer's yeast, which ferments the liquid quickly, providing it with a sweet, full-bodied, fruity taste. So if you're in the neighborhood to catch one of these tasty brews, go to Planet New London, or Planet Manhattan, <laughs> New York, and grab you some. There's a trade run running from Manhattan to New London, and if you're a USI tag ship, there is currently a shipping bonus from Manhattan to Minato Harbor in Tau 44. Minato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Hank Rover, and by the time you get there, you know you only have half your supply. <laughs> <laughs> or you stop by a sniffer. Definitely better than a Sidewinder Fang, though, just so you know. <laughs> so. All right, so today's yeah. uh, podcast is is our first podcast, and in it we're going to do introductions as to who our current hosts are, what their history is, their relationship to Freelancer, any other games similar to it, and how they came to Discovery and their involvement thereof. So, Racer, would you like to start? Yep, I'll start. Um... Yep, so I'm Racer Dude. Um, so who am I? I am uh, the community uh, racer guy. I love racing, auto racing, any kind of racing. Um, I'm uh, 33 years old. Um, pretty much raced my whole life. Um, you know, got into video games and freelancer at a younger age. Not as young as a lot of other people did. Um, like I, I kind of dabble with some video games, but like I'm not a I'm not a gamer that a lot of other people are. Um, like I spent a lot of time outside. <laughs> so um The vile sun. Yeah, the sun, yeah. I could actually <laughs> get so it's funny in the summer I get I get burnt um real easy, but then after that I gotta get my first burn done. Then after that, then I get kind of a, a darker skin and... tone. But then after that I don't get burnt at all. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Um yeah, so um, Discover Freelancer, I didn't even say maybe shortly before it came out because I got the, if you ever got a um, like a gateway computer around the early 2000s, it came with demos. Um, oh, yeah. I so had a gateway computer at the time. Yeah, yeah. I love the boxes, the, the cow. The cow boxes, yeah. yep. Cow boxes, yep. We had a gateway this store could... in my town, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Back before Gateway was known as a trading faction. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Freelancer was one of the demos. And in the demo, just went through the first few missions. And then after that, it kind of did with the end game where it opened it up and it didn't offer any more missions. You just kind of flew around and did whatever. But it was only limited to. I know Liberty for sure, but I didn't. I don't know if you could fly out of. New York. If you could fly Once to Colorado. Once you completed the the vanilla game, you could you could fly anywhere. I mean, with the exception of like the Nomad stuff. Yeah, but in the in a demo. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, once you did the first few missions, like it it just kind of opened everything up, and I didn't, I don't know if you could fly where all you could fly to, but I, I I played that for so long, and then um we finally got the the game itself, and you know could, took forever to beat the single player game and. Um, so by the time I actually started playing Freelancer, it was probably 2004. 
I was 14 years old and started playing on, it used to be called the Hunters Association servers. They're PvP servers. Back in the day of the Tizona del Cid's and a Cannonball yeah. Keep yeah. it simple. Um, yeah, I was, man, I was, I was an ace back then, back with that setup. I really wish Discovery one day would just come out with like a vanilla style setup just to see, you know, just to kind of bring it Yo, back to old days. Like, having like an a... arcade mode would be kind of cool where you can go back yeah. to like the classic game mechanics in, in like this one system. That would be pretty neat. Either that or even like just for a day, like send out a patch one day and then reverse it, you know, do a patch another day. Where'd my barge go? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my barge is invisible now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and I just remember, so Omicron Gamma was where it's at. Like, everyone went to Gamma, and the best, we called them clans back then, the best clan was the Raven Clan. Um, capital R, lowercase a, capital V, lowercase e, capital N. And <laughs> I got leadership of a faction, or a, a clan, the Ghost Clan, a ghost never dies, so... If anyone's ever heard that phrase before, it came from us. We didn't know what we were doing. Don't judge Did too mark. harshly. And, um, yeah. And I just remember I pretty much had two ships. One ship I used for missions just to get money. And then the other ship I used for PvP. Um, blew the Eagle with the Tizzy and Cannonball set up. And, yeah, we just hung around Gamma, hung around Crete all day and just PvP'd. Um, that server, we had a, a three-death rule, so instead of one death and you're out for um, for a while, it's it's three deaths, and then you're out for an hour. Um, or gotcha. no, I think it was for the day. Wow. That seems yeah. harsh. It was, yeah. But it took three deaths to do it. Um, so yeah, had, had so much fun with that. Um, played that up until Eve destroyed Freelancer Online for vanilla games. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was like probably oh six when they finally pulled the plug. Um okay. and then I kinda kinda played some servers here and there. So like some people drop server names and I'm like, yeah, I think I was there for like a month. You know, just kinda popped in and out and you know, didn't really I kinda stopped playing freelancer at that point. That's when um so by then I got into um quarter midget racing. So for Anyone who doesn't know automobiles, um, a quarter midget is a sprint car. You know, like like in my avatar on the forum, um, like the open-wheeled car with the wing on top on dirt. That's okay. a sprint car. Quarter midget is quarter the size. It doesn't have the wing. Um, it's got the big roll cages all around and stuff. Um, so we did that. I did that with my dad from about 20... I was playing some freelancer during then, so that 24... 14 to like 2018 um those cars are are built for like kids and teenagers so mm -hmm. you know once you get 18 like that's your last season um so did that up until i was 18 um so 2004 to 2008 then you said 2014 2018 oh shoot yeah man <laughs> that's a long time ago <laughs> 2004 2008 that's right yeah uh coffee hasn't kicked in yet <laughs> um yeah and then um 2008 uh, joined the military almost right away after high school. I like to say I got off one bus and got on the other bus and 
marched off to basic training, did the military for eight years, so and then got out in 2016. Um, but in 20, 2013, I believe it was, that's when I first discovered Discovery. Um, so you know, I got online, I was like, I was just wondering if freelancers were around. I, I think I saw the CD in my case or something like that. And I just, for whatever reason, I I wanted to Google it, and that's Discovery is the server I found. So, downloaded the mod, got on the the game, and started out trading. You know, trying to make money. I got a a Kusari destroyer, and I wanted a battleship, so I kept trading and making money. Well, one day I came across a, a pirate, and I don't remember their name. Um, hired me in one of the independent systems off of Liberty. And as I was younger and stupider, um, the interaction didn't go well at all. I got blown up. So just like anyone who doesn't understand RP or how the server works or anything, I got on my Kusari Destroyer from Kusari and flew to the Omicrons. I think it was Theta. (laughs) And no RP, just... Shot at him and blew him just up. Just his ass. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just straight up, just yeah, just completely did that, and then kind of rage quitted. Um, logged back in a few days ago and saw all sanction notices all over my ships. Um, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't undock or anything. So Saint Dennis probably put it there. <laughs> um, I don't know if Saint Dennis was around back then. This was yeah, 2014. When was okay. he around? I uh, he probably was around. I don't know if he was an admin at that time, but. Let's see if I can find his uh his profile. Nice oh, twenty eleven. It may have been, but if you do it, in fact, actually, I'm gonna do that right now. I'm gonna do a search. Uh-huh. Um, I'll see if I can find the old because there is a a post on the forum. Um, Did about that sanction that. notice. Like I got, I got sanctioned. Yeah. Wow. So which is funny because when you join new factions, everyone asks. Uh, you know, if you've ever been sanctioned and stuff, I don't know how to answer that because technically, yes, I have, but does it count? Yeah, yeah, you does should it... just say yes. Cause, I mean, just you know, ancient history. I've been sanctioned once, actually. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you have to tell us about that. How Zentor yeah. was. So, um, here it is. So, admin notice player F one. It was by Reverend Dell. Oh, I don't know who that is. There, but yeah, um. Sanctioned for disconnecting from PvP fight. All attacks must result from roleplay. Um, yeah, and then the links, of course, are busted. Yeah, can't yeah. see who it was. But anyway, so um, yeah, so I quit. I just quit. You know, playing for a while. It's like, yeah, I'm, you know. And I was busy in the military too, running around all over the world doing stuff. And uh, got out of the military 2016. Went to college right away, so I was busy with that. And then started working and got got comfortable and got some free time. So I just, for whatever reason, I thought, oh, I'm going to check out Freelancer again, see what's going on. And then rediscovered Discovery. And <laughs> that was right before COVID. Um, started, uh, yeah, just flying around at first. And then I joined LN, did a little bit of PVP, um, discovered that either I'm getting rusty in my older age or... Um, this style of, of PvP is just, for whatever reason, I, I can't figure it out. Um, so, that was fun for a bit, but then I heard about the money in, in trading, so I joined USI back when it was USI, and um, quickly 
rose up through the ranks, eventually becoming vice president. Um, JCPC at the time was president. Bellick stepped down. Um, Full train at the time was president, but he stepped down. He wanted to do security stuff, but then he eventually just left the game. Um, and then, of course, the split, which I won't go into right now, but um, a bunch of us were not happy with a certain individual, so we just left mm-hmm. and uh, started Connex. And then that same individual um, decided to create a lane hacker faction for the sole purpose of targeting Connex <laughs> ships. 10 of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome roleplay. So, um, yeah. So quit quit doing that and then got with uh, Jericho, DK Jericho. We started up Rhineland Shipping for the first time and um, forget why we stopped. Oh, that was because um, we were trying to talk with devs because we kind of wanted to, we wanted to voice in because by then, so at that time, Rhineland was dead. Like not even RM or RNC, like nobody was playing in Rhineland. So we were kind of hoping that, hey, we bring in the trader faction, maybe bring in some more activity, maybe bring in some pirates and, you know, kick up the military and the police again. Um, yeah. And uh, it just, it, it didn't work because that was back with the, the Imperial and the Federal yeah. Civil War. Civil War. Um, yeah. And, and we wanted... We wanted to have a say in the in the official faction to to some extent, um, at least the name. It's like if you could just name it Rhineland Shipping because it wouldn't it shouldn't be Republican Shipping anymore. Should so we thought just a nice generic name Rhineland Shipping. We've already got the banners and all the artwork and stuff. Um, like we were ready to be like we had the numbers, we had the motivation. We wanted to be the official faction for Rhineland. And then when that patch dropped and we saw what they renamed it to, RGS we like, or RGS, whatever. RGS, yeah, and it's like all in German. And nobody knows like, what the G stands for. Just everybody yeah. still calls it Rhineland Shipping to this day. <laughs> yeah, I I've yet to meet one person that thought that name was a good idea. Um, I have. Sorry, all yeah. you German-speaking people. No yeah, idea. So, like sorry, <laughs> but you know you can, yeah that's I mean this is a opening up a different can of worms but how can you have like a demand that you you have to know english on the server but then start naming things german and now we i don't i don't understand it but um and then like all the other naming conventions are english i don't i don't understand that but it we we felt like at that time too we weren't being heard so we're just we just decided we were done and then um left for a bit and then or no, actually, I have to take a step back. So no, it was RS first, because that was the storyline of my character, Bill Wagner, who was the vice president, basically done with the bullshit from USI. So he and a bunch of other executives and workers flew out to Rhineland to, um, we created an NPC character out there that was the president of Rhineland Shipping, and he needs help kind of kickstarting the economy and everything. So we come in with some Libertonian ideas, maybe help spark some stuff. So um, that didn't work. Liberty so then created Connex. Oh, what's up? Liberty. <laughs> yeah. Liberty. I remember when that uh, RP started unfold. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we were, man, we were pumped up. We were like, this is, you know, cause I'm, you know, cause everyone wants, wants their own little, little mark in, in space or just, 
I don't know, just marking life. Like everyone wants to, you know, leave their legacy. mark. Legacy. Yes, legacy. That's the like that should be the the goal of role play, right? You, yeah. you know, you set you set a story, you know, and uh, see it through fruition. But it just it never it never really got up and running. So gotcha. we left. Um, I created Connex that kind of went well for a little while. Did some good role play and got some good connections. Did a lot of stuff with with CR, and that's when we really met. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I came in race racer dude. And, yeah, uh, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I came in and uh, yeah, we met and you know saw that recon dev. So you know, kind of in between trade runs, you know, helping helping out wherever I can, researching info cards, trying to spawn any sort of economy with you, and that was that was a lot of fun. And then of course yeah, lane hacker. Um, RP group, quote unquote RP came up, and uh, started targeting Connect ships specifically. So that just that kind of killed it for me. So I left for a bit, and then um, came back. And after that, I'm just kind of a free agent. So um, I joined. Uh, I know I joined AWES. I've got many independent ships. Um, yeah, just kind of, uh, I don't know, just not really motivated to do any serious role play anymore. So I just, I just play for fun. Um, you know, get in yep. there pretty much, uh, you know, drunken nights with some friends and either do missions or convoys or something. Um, well, watching that to... uh, new event last week was hilarious. <laughs> the new event, yeah, yeah. If if I had known it would have turned into that, I would have joined. Yeah. Um, I was I having a damn good time in my camera ship, though. <laughs> yeah. Flying through ships and <laughs> making them aggro other ships. <laughs> Dragging nomads off to the Ellen battleships. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like we hear um, incoming torpedo just flying to a a renser or something like that like to, like to damage <laughs> eat it eat it so, yeah so if you're listening to this and you notice that at times it seemed like all the nomads were going after you specifically it was our fault we're sorry it, it was us <laughs> we totally aggroed some of the npcs hey fix that if you want i don't know <laughs> it <Yeah>. was fun <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if we if uh, that ship is invisible to npcs um because then yeah, it, would, I mean, it would make it a true it seemed to like be pretty hard to hit us because whenever the big bad boy was there and everybody was getting wrecked it was it was like i was taking many shots whenever he would aggro on me but most of them wouldn't do anything so i'm not sure what exactly is going on there but yeah it it, it took a long time for it to whittle down my hole i wasn't being like insta killed mm -hmm. yeah it's it's built like a tank but the size of a marble like <laughs> yeah seriously it's hilarious um and shout out to uh Lusitano. Um that was the zoner, the little angry zoner. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Here know if you true. saw his post on the uh on the thread, but uh yeah, there's there's one little zoner flying around targeting uh LN or uh yeah, Liberty lawful ships. <laughs> like mm -hmm. he's he's angry from Planet Erie. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Justice for Erie. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Um yeah, so that's that's pretty much me. Aside from freelancer, um, I've really been 
getting into Eve a lot this past year with a really good corporation. Um, we're doing a lot of mining events, a lot of PVE. Um, haven't done so much PVP yet, um, but I want to start dabbling into that once I got my one character. The, um, the skills are, are getting trained up for that, so I'm going to start doing some PVP. And um, so with that, I had my first, I got my first blow up last night. My ship got blown up. Oh. So it was, I just got done with voice chat with you guys. And because I need to go put Gabby to bed. So I'm mining and um, I leave, go down and get her and, you know, tuck her in and everything. Get back to my computer and I see the big red flash. I'm like, oh no, there's uh, like four frigates around my ship. And um, apparently it was a bit of a raiding party came in. The corporation I'm in, we've got like three systems that uh, we do moon ore mining. So we got like it's 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 an operation. Um, and all of our PVPers are out in Nolsec space doing stuff. So I don't know if we need to bring some guys back to, you know, kind of defend the whole home territory. Turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to got to defend home. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, it got blown up. And uh, yeah, there's there's some. Angry people out there. I'm I'm down probably about three hundred million isk. Um, Yikes. The the biggest pain in the butt, honestly, is going going out and having to buy everything again, flying to each individual stations and and equipping stuff and and doing all that. But mm, um, yeah. I mean, I I make that money in a day, so it's not a huge huge loss for me. Um, the part I didn't like about it was shortly after that, I started getting like kind of spam mails um mm. people like faction recruiting and talking about like they'll they're doing like a like a purchase kind of business so instead of selling to local stations like they'll they'll buy our ores and then haul it out to jita which is like the main market system mm. and so it's like huh that's coincidence i never received these mails before so suddenly i'm receiving them now so i don't know i don't know if it was them or just coincidence i don't know that's the First part death I didn't triggered like. it. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, this this character has died before. He's he's oh, older. Okay. He so I've just been playing with this group for for a while, but before then I played with a different group and I got so we were in more I guess turbulent space there where like we do need to be like aligned to a station and being on the look, like, you cannot AFK in that space. Probably Twice a week, we get a raiding party comes in and, uh, you know, wipes us out if we're not being careful. Um, and that's actually where, so I, I met one of them, um, the person that got me. Yeah, I messaged them because, like, they, they straight up caught us sleeping. Like, they killed us all. And <laughs> I messaged them. I said, you caught us sleeping. Good job. Like, you guys, like, thanks for doing that because we need to fucking wake up. <laughs> I should watch my cussing and uh like we we need to wake up and uh come to find out this person's from iceland so then we started talking about iceland for like the next two hours um because potato and i that's our like dream vacation we want to go to iceland visit iceland and hike mm -hmm. some trails and, and do all that so uh that was really cool i was getting a lot of information so um i messaged well, that person good. when i um, about a month ago, I messaged that person, but they haven't replied. So hope they're all right. But uh, 
Yeah, so Eve, and then, of course, racing. Um, got a couple racing sims I race, um, and uh, post those on, on my YouTube channel once in a while. And I want to start getting into, I've got F1, I think, 2021. What's that? You have to link me your YouTube channel sometime. Yeah, let me, I'll get that pulled up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, other than that, the, the biggest thing with me is I recently obtained my CDL driver's license, CDLA. Um, unfortunately, the job market is not good for what I'm wanting to do. I don't see myself driving for two weeks straight and then back for two days. So that's so not working out too well. So you're going to go from space trucker to real trucker? I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, just the job market, the industry is not looking good for that right now. And had a few bites, but it seemed like in the trucking industry, they want you long haul for... So everywhere that's local or even regional, they want you six months to a year, if not more, of driving experience. Um, so how do you get that? Well, you get with big companies that want you on long haul, um, where they know that you need experience to get to the more lucrative routes. So here's kind of the problem is you get with a company, you start driving long haul. Most of those are like you're out for two weeks, back in for two days. Um, like, it's it's insane. Not very good for a blossoming home relationship thing that I have going on here. Right. So it wasn't going to work. But you do that, and then, okay, you get your your six months. Well, all of my instructors told us, do not leave your first driving position until after a year. Um, cause if you do, it's not career suicide, but it doesn't necessarily look good on a resume or on your record. So you want to stay with, with your first company for a full year. And then after that shop around, well, yeah. if I get with a company, get six months in, and then I want to bid for a new route while well, I'm facing seniority. So six months versus guys that have been there for a year, you know, it, I can easily see myself doing that six months to a year, not at six months. So we talked about it. It wasn't going to work. So I'm basically just job hunting at this point, anything. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing during the day is mining an Eve and all tabs and job searching and fixing up resumes and all that fun nice. stuff. So, yeah, so that that is pretty much all about me. Uh, Zentor, what are you all about? <laughs> uh, I'm... Similar in age to racer, I'm 34. I came to Big freelancer. Brother. Yeah, came to freelancer in the beginning because I was sitting in Latin class when I was like 15 or something. I don't know. I think this was 2004, maybe. Uh, and my buddy at the same table as me would be sketching up like snub fighting tactics for freelancer. And I'm like asking him what the hell that is. And then he starts to tell me about freelancer. And I remember. <laughs> um him trying to describe trade lanes to me and i just didn't get it like how would there be like fixed infrastructure in a rotating system you know and all this stuff so i i I couldn't understand it so finally i went out and bought a game i bought the game locally of course because like it was still on the shelves and stuff everywhere and uh, steam (laughs) no steam didn't exist (laughs) if it did i i didn't know about it for sure um and 
uh, I got into. I played the, the single player missions, and then I played it again using mods and stuff, because why not? And then he got me onto the server that he played on. He was already an admin there. Uh, this was TFL, the top freelancers. It was a mm-hmm. PvP focus, not really RP at all. Um, we had a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek imports and other game ship imports. Um, the balance was probably sus. Um, but <laughs> they didn't have know, any balancing devs there. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't specifically called balancing devs. In fact, I think that I think that They're all of our admins. staffs were just called admins. Yeah, actually. Hmm. Um, and so ours we were had... real quick. I hate to interrupt you. Ours were called SLs, server lords. It really? Was so nerdy. Yeah. A little on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we had uh so all of our admins were prefixed by TFL. So like at when I became an admin, I was TFL's mentor. Um and they were admin over different areas of the game or whatever. But so we had as far as the gameplay, like two camps as far as PvP was focused. We had gunboats and we had missile boats. And so they were all really snooty against each other, of course. I was a missile boat player because the guy who got me into freelancer taught me how to be one. And it was uh, it was pretty powerful if you knew the right tactics. Like there was a certain order to things, you know, that you could do. You could engine kill and then spin around. And when you thrusted forward, if you launched your missiles in the correct order, it would be almost unavoidable for the opponent. So in that way, I became a really good fighter like i could take on big groups of people on my own and so long as i didn't run out of ammo then i would be great but the good gun players knew how to avoid those and they would deplete my ammo and then it would just be like a slow whittling death um so until i ever use that tactic in vanilla is that a server specific tactic you used or was that in all vanilla i think it was vanilla based um so exactly what i did was uh, i would engine kill spin around so i'm like gliding backwards at that point and then thrust forward and the minute that you throw or the second that you thrust forward you launch a cd followed by your paralyzer followed by your whole damaging missiles and torps mm-hmm. so i had a combination of like paralyzer i think cannonball and fire stalker and then the star killer torpedo and so the torp would be last it was just like this order of things like da, 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 you know and then <laughs> it, the the cd would knock out their CD because the CD that that would launch would blow up your missiles in your face if you you know weren't aware of it. So my CD would take out their that. CD. Yeah, and then my paralyzers would go right on through, knock out their shield, the cannonball, and the fire stalker would hit almost at the same time, and then the star killer would always finish them off. And uh, so in that way, like it was it was really easy to just knock out several people. Of course, there was a couple situations where I, the timing was just off, and I would instant die because I would everything would blow up on me in my face. <laughs> so if I died, it was usually that reason, you know, I died instantly with everything blowing up in my face. Um, <laughs> Guts are glory. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was all in. So you know, there was. It, it came to the point that I was in like the top ten of our PVPers on our server. Uh, and when I first joined the server, I think we had like a 50 person limit or something. And, and it was at that time when I first got onto that server in like 2005 ish, it was, it was constantly full and you would have to like spam, click the connect button to try and get a slot and hope that, you know, you would get one. And then of course you'd piss somebody else off because they, you know, they fell out for a second or they're disconnected or whatever. Um, we had a lot of events. We had a lot of tournaments. These were of course all non RP. We had an arena system there. 
Um, later, I eventually was one of the um, admins that ran their events and tournaments. I was at one point the TFL economist as well, where I would like collect data from around the server, of course. Very befitting of you my history. And I would, you know, present data to the the server to let everybody know like where things were and everybody thought that was pretty interesting we didn't have trains when i first came there but eventually we did get them we had small trains and large trains two cares and four cares um and when those came out jesus christ it was it was like money printing for us because so our server did have a history of of eliminating everybody's funds a couple of different times for major changes that we did and like people weren't sour about it I mean, they were when it first happened, you know, but we did have those. And then when we knew trains were coming, we knew that we were going to do a server wipe. So, like, people were really, really eager to jump in on the ground floor on that. So I formed up a faction with a few people, and we quickly became, like, the richest group. I was in charge of their security, and uh, so I was escorts a lot of times. But we didn't really have very good systems for trade, to be honest. Like, it was... It was very different at that time. Like you did trading for factions, but it wasn't really much to be gained by trading for other people, you know. But if we traded, then we get whatever we wanted, and you know we didn't ha have caps or anything like that. And I do remember when Eve came out, and you know we lost a good population, good part of our population at that time. I do remember when Discovery came out in 2006, and we started to lose a lot of people there. I remember like chatting with individuals, and they were so excited about going to Discovery because of all these new cool features and stuff. And I was like trying to get people to stay, you know, because <laughs> I didn't know anything <laughs> about modding at that time. But the guys are leaving the door, you're grabbing onto them. No, come back, come back. <laughs> like, no, let's make it great. <laughs> so I uh, continued on and off with TFL until. I left for a while in 2008, I think, and came back. And eventually, I think it's it took the final death knell in like 2011 or so. It's when I, I went away from Freelancer. Um, and I, again, I'm like Racer. I don't have, I'm not a gamer. I don't cycle through games very easily. I have a really hard time actually finding games that draw my interest in enough. Like, really, really hard time. I and mean, it's just gotten worse as I've gotten older. <laughs> but yeah. um, so I played Skyrim quite a bit. I was really, really into that game. Um, when Minecraft first came out, I was really into that, and I ran several servers over the years, and when my son, as he grew up, he grew up playing Minecraft, you know, now he's, he's old enough, he's played on disco with me several times, he's, he's 12 now, but, um, yeah, eventually, let's see, 2018, 19, I started to get really nostalgic for Freelancer, but I was like, well, it's, it's long dead, you know, it's gone, and... <laughs> In 2020, I just started Googling around to try and find another another download for Freelancer, and I found Discovery right away. And I'm like, no way. There's, there's no way a Freelancer community is still running after all this time. And so I did some digging, and I saw the features. And one of the, of course, the things that really intrigued me was the fact that they you could have your own bases. And I was like, holy cow, this just changes the entire dynamic of vanilla. So I downloaded it and got into it. I... Uh, First, of course, I remembered using FL Companion from back in the day, so I downloaded that and figured out how to point it at my my disco directory and was looking for trade runs. And so I was doing like like silly stuff from what I know now, but you know I was like, oh, sorted artifacts from Barrier Gate to Manhattan or something like that, you know. And I was like <laughs> smuggling and stuff, and 
And uh, me and my brother started doing it when I first came to Discovery. And I, I remember getting stopped by some lib lawful, I think, of police or something. And like, I can't remember. If, I think that they blew me up or something. Or, or I don't remember if I dropped my cargo, if I refused or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I, I had thrown like all chips in that trade run because I had just gotten a bigger ship. I don't remember mm-hmm. if it was a That's 2K or, or what, but yeah. And I like lost a whole bunch of money. I was like, oh, damn it. So <laughs> I had to scrape mm-hmm. again, working my way back up. Um, so uh, I got into CR. CR really appealed to me because back in the day on the TFL server, I had been trying to make a Tau faction, like a Tau, we call it the Tau Federation. It was based on Planet Harris. I was going to make, I was trying to make like a mini house. Um, we didn't have a ton of you know new systems or big changes to factions to vanilla factions or even new factions beyond the base game so i had been really trying to push for a, a tau house at that time so uh, of course crater really appealed to me for that reason because it was kind of a nation that had already carved its way into the taus and i was pretty excited oh. to join that so it really appealed to me whenever i showed my interest there carlotta uh I, she was one of the first people that that really kind of took me under her wing when I first got onto the server. I'm sure everybody's really happy about that. And she, you know, taught me the basics of snub fighting and the basics of the game itself and trading and the mechanics and all that stuff, the help, the help systems and all that. And she was a huge help, honestly. Um, okay, where am I going? I got to route myself real quick. One second. I'm doing a trade <laughs> run. <laughs> Look at that econ guy doing a trade run on a podcast. Screw <laughs> econ guy. <laughs> it's my new favorite run, actually. Uh, I have an IDF ship. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, an IDF do you, ship. Do you do you feel like telling our listeners what the trade run is? Yeah. <laughs> or or no, because you don't want to attract the pirates. <laughs> no, definitely come and get me, please. Uh, so I've been working. I've been working through all the shipping bonuses that I put in place last year. And I want to update them, but I want to run all of them to see exactly how they look right now, because it's been a long time. So I actually have been going through for the past two weeks, buying trains in all the factions that have shipping bonuses. So this one is IDF, and I like this one probably the most. And the IDF bonus is uh, biostability monitors from Planet Quilon in... All right, Europeans, don't judge me. Langdo or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> that sounds like a Hank Rover verbiage. Hey, from Langdo. 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 Just one time I was hunting and I saw this Langdo. I had the rifle pointed right up to its face, but it, it didn't move one bit. I'm like, you're pretty lame. This ain't fun. So I threw it down right, the ground right. like drinking. So now that you've said that forever, I will call it Lame Doe instead lame of duck. Lame <laughs> Lame Doe. So from Lame Doe to. Uh, Nagata Star City in Sigma 59. Uh, I really like some of the coloring of the Sigmas and Gallia, so they really appeal to me. And Sigma 59 is probably my favorite system as far as the Starscape goes. Sigma 21 is also a close second, and I'm going through Sigma 21 right now. So you go uh, lame doe to Sigma 59, and you sell your biostability monitors, and then you pop over to MEPS station at Iajima and pick up uh, Helium 3, and I run it out to um omicron delta i go 21 sigma 15 omicron row and then omicron delta and i sell it at devadaru um order base 
and then I go to one of the pubs in Delta and grab Iridium and take it back to Gallia. I sell it at Picardy at um, Haute Seine Shipyard. That's my American pronunciation. And I purchase munitions from there and take it back to Planet Quilon in lame dough. <laughs> so it's a nice around-the-world mission. I really like it. I Right now, it's probably about $100 million an hour if you keep up with it. Um, so it's definitely profitable. I like it. And I like that it's not purely focused on ore back and forth. I really hate the way ore systems are in the mod currently. So Yeah, we should uh, develop a... A system where you can use the ores and like you know refine them and turn them into something up, usable. Up, up. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger, triggered. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so back to uh, yeah, back to uh, uh, Tau Empire. <laughs> yes, building the Tau Empire. So yeah, I joined Crater, um, moved up to the ranks in there, and uh, I really tried, like you, to get good. To get good at, <laughs> at snub fighting, <laughs> but I realized that either I'm too old and slow, or my vision impairment is too much, or uh, I don't have the time or care to spend hours in con. So I gave up on it, and so I I, I do play bombers. I usually will never log a, a fighter unless I'm just doing some mission RP mission or just just having fun. Um, or I just feel like messing with people with my cloak. Uh, I do love the aesthetics, honestly, of the uh, the crater fighters, the Nyx and the Pytho. Beautiful ships, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Bombers are fun, um, but obviously bombers are pretty easy these days. I love yeah, caps. Quick, quick shout out. I don't know who, if you know the name, but shout out to whoever did develop the the look and the textures of the crater ships. They are some of the best ships, in, the, in my opinion. Some of the best ships yeah. uh, looking in the game. Yeah, except for the ugly ass battle cruiser, the Argus. I think it looks disgusting. <laughs> it tried. <laughs> it's so blunt nosed and gross looking. Yeah, but I love I love the aesthetics of their caps too. Otherwise, besides that, mm-hmm. Demos for the win. Uh, <laughs> and then I just kind of spread out on Disco into the trading factions. I I did some gateway shipping with Carlotta. I got into IMG. Was running it for a time. Um, I uh, joined Lemon with the Maquis and helped him run that. Um, still a leader there and log those here and there. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of trading, lots of devising ideas for routes and events. And that's actually what got me to the dev team is I was, we I would log onto the voice chat quite often at night with Slappy and we he and I would bounce off ideas and we were constantly like trying to push the bounds of what we could do with the POBs. And he uh, said, hey, you still interested in becoming an econ dev? And I was like, yeah, I am. So I put an application and got onto the team for a while and was working on updating the routes before I kind of realized that they really need a lot more help than updating. And I also decided that I wanted to code. So I taught myself C++ and started writing code for updating the plugins for Disco especially the POBs, because I feel like they're extremely gimped in their current situation. So I wrote a lot of updates for that stuff, and um, I left Disco the end of November last year after a disagreement, and recently returned. Uh, and in my absence, Eingar has picked up a lot of the coding and implemented 
some of the things that I had talked about and also been pushing the bounds of a lot of other stuff too. So that's cool. And uh, since I have returned, I've mostly... For somebody to pick up a slack, Ongar's a good guy to to pick up the slack. Yeah, he's pretty committed. Um, He's thorough. So, yeah, props to him. Um, But since I've returned, I've mostly been running routes and kind of screwing around with some friends uh like on the omicron new racer and i were logged in there just as camera ships watching everybody and <laughs> making hilarious commentary it's too bad my drive filled up because i was recording in hd <laughs> but uh yeah, that, yeah i should have uh i had to i had to go out later that night but yeah that was definitely a beer popping event <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun for sure mm. and we're definitely going to have some more of those i think <clears throat> So I'm back in Devland now. I'm going to be helping to host some events and help with the coding review. And uh, we'll see where that goes. So I got a question for you. Sure. Why did you come back? Um, so real life was really, really busy for a little while. So I completely, it was completely out of mind for a good couple of months. And as that started to ease back and my schedule became more rhythmic and my other main interest and side hustle, which is woodworking has taken a little bit of a dip as far as getting uh, clients. So I was like, well, I'm bored and I want to play something and I'm like struggling to find games as I always am. Cause I can never find games that really interest me. So the other games that I, I've played in the past, by the way, just as a really quick thing was, so I played Skyrim and Minecraft, as I mentioned, but I also played um, a good bit of Ark Survival, a lot of Atlas, which was like, uh, Atlas was made by some of the people that splintered off of the Ark Survival dev team, but it was like a pirate-focused game, and you can, you know, build ships and bases and stuff, and that was a lot of fun until they, like, deleted the North American server, and it became too crowded on the European server, in my opinion. So I, I stepped away from that. But other than that, like, I have a really hard time. Oh, I played a lot of Seven Days to Die. I have a really hard time finding games that interest me. So the ones that do, for the most part, are like open world or survival crafting type games where I feel like there's a full immersion that I can I can be or do almost anything in them, with the exception of Skyrim. But that aesthetic just really appeals to me, like the feudal medieval time period and whatnot. But uh, I came back to Discovery as I found that I needed more things to do. And uh, I have another freelancer mod project that I also work on, but I um, wanted to see what was up over here, and it kind of sucked me back in, I guess. I wanted to play with some of the people that I still really, really like to hang out with, Jeff and Xenon and you and others, Zell. So, you know, getting in chats with you guys and everything just made me start playing it again. Yeah, we we did it. Sorry. Yeah, your fault. <laughs> um, that's cool. And and you know, you you really love playing Valheim too. You know, that's that's your favorite. Oh right yeah, now, yeah. I played a little bit of that too. Yep. <laughs> did you download it yet? Install it? I haven't redownloaded it. I forgot. Ah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> we played that. Um. So I play. I, I also play on the side. I play uh, State of Decay too. Um, post-apocalyptic zombie fighting community managing game um i've got a cousin and his wife out in california and we uh we play on weekends and it's just 
so much fun. I love those folks out there so much. And got Potato in playing with it too. And we uh, we we still like playing that. And I think even maybe this weekend we might kind of go back to playing that. But we thought we really need to find another game that we can kind of get on and and play. We found Valheim, and uh, yeah, it's it's a struggle because it's new to everybody. So we're all wanting to like do different things. And then I heard that you, you played it. So now you got to get yeah. it so you can, you can teach us yeah. the ropes. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to teach you anything though. I, when I got into it, so there was a group of my former Minecraft slash seven days to die group that I played with. We're, we're getting into it when it came out, I think when it came out. Um, and they're like hardcore gamers they you know they they pop in the time 10 hours at a time sometimes and whatnot and and one one of them like he's always like he like pushes and pushes and pushes to just jump through the game advancements usually he like always wants to get to the top tier stuff and he usually finds hilarious ways to circumvent like the usual game progression you know like it's really (laughs) hilarious interacting with him you know when we were playing atlas we you know we atlas has like this full you know fortitude system and health and thirst and all this stuff and so people you know like they would get clothes and armor and different characteristics on their character buffs in order to survive the cold and the heat and all the other things he doesn't do any of that shit he just runs around naked all the time and then if he dies whatever i'll just pop back in and keep going and if i die I just pop back <laughs> in whatever he would do or we would like min max you know like if we we're going to be in the cold we would pop it all towards i don't know fortitude or whatever the thing is that keeps us surviving in the cold and then he and i would be running around naked in the cold mining stuff you know like we're extracting <laughs> resources up there being chased down by yetis and stuff but we're like absolutely naked but because we've maxed out our whatever that stat is like we can survive the cold yes we're starving yes we're thirsty yes all these other things are like hurting but we don't care if we die our ship's right there and we'll just jump back off and run out there pick up our pick where it fell we don't care about armor or clothing because we didn't bring any <laughs> we just that pick up so our funny. pick yes. and just keep going so Wait, let's you not know, eat or drink or anything we just we'll just respawn that's all that happens and so that's my experience in Valheim. He's like, let's go tackle the whatever they're called, the the mythical legends or whatever they are, the things that you have to unlock and fight them. So he would be like, let's go do that. And I'm like, dude, I I I'm like level three or something. I I, I don't I'm gonna die. And he's you know several levels ahead of us, and he's basically gonna tank it all. And we're just gonna stand on the sides and try to like take pot shots to get XP or something. You know, that's the kind of stuff that he does. For spears so, out. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we took on last weekend, we took on the first one and we downed it pretty easy. And then from there, um, we were ready to explore. So we went into the next zone, the Blackwood. And uh, the goal was we, we, we took all the, all the food and crafting material from our first home. We kept the home, got into a raft, sailed up to the Blackwood and we started building our new home. Well, we kept getting attacked. So we'd have to split between building and and fighting well then we got attacked by like these these bigger ones that came in and just wiped us out so that was a good stopping point for us and uh i logged back in after that and they were still there so i'm like trying to think how are we going to (laughs) to do this like everyone's runestone's right there everyone's little tombstone thing Uh (laughs) it's like it's right there at the house so yeah i got the thing is like i guess it's not really that big of a deal there's no real penalty to to dying 
but um it's like the first thing we'll have to do is like instantly everyone kind of crouch and be sneaky so then they could run away and then we can get our stuff back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that they my group so we we had a base on the coast on that first area you start at and then i think mm -hmm. that they started a new base somewhere and they built a sailboat to go to the blackwood and we were running some of the like dungeon <laughs> things there but we didn't establish anything on that that area uh no base or whatever we were just sailing there hmm. <laughs> probably you guys just you don't even build the base just go straight to the boss naked <laughs> <laughs> almost i mean he was like dragging me down there to go fight the the crypts or whatever they are and uh and I'm like super low level, you know, the he's, crypt. yeah, because you go in those, those like crypt tomb things and, you know, and that you'd be fighting all those creatures down in there, the skeleton things. And, uh, uh, I was like, I had like one tactic that would semi work, but he was pretty much tanking most of them. I was just kind of there to suck up experience. Yeah, I was, right. I was just thinking something stupid, like you went and fought the Crips. I was like, well, we're on the side of the Bloods or something. <laughs> Crips and Bloods. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. so that's us. That's Racer and I. Um, yep, sorry. Where we everyone. are up to now. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so let's probably uh, switch focus here and let's talk about some other stuff. Yeah, let's talk about some other stuff. Um. Yeah, so I got it, kind of a hot topic oh, on yeah? the forum a little bit. So first off, one thing I've noticed, Starflyers are back. Kusari's back. Yep, and saw that. More, more so apparently he him. sold his base. I didn't know this. I heard him in voice chat the other night, and he said he was thinking about rebuying his base. I didn't know that he had sold Starflyer base in Kepler. I didn't know this either, and I unfortunately had to go too early to really quiz him about it. Um, you know, but... Uh, Hey, maybe we can have him. He could be our first guest. First guest on the show. He could talk, tell us all about it. Yeah, I would definitely need to get an explainer cool. there. But uh, yeah, same thing. I I was blown away by that because he put so much time and and money and energy into that thing, and then um, you know just to sell it, he already was not hurting for money at all. So nah. I don't know what he could have possibly sold it for to <laughs> to make it worth it. But yeah, I know he's got a he's got a baby and all that. That was that was cute listening to that the yeah. other night. You know coming up and <laughs> i bought some, like a good portion of my caps from him a long time ago um mm -hmm. and had considered buying one of his bases in tau 23 before i built makazar or maybe actually after i built makazar i don't know uh so sad makazar is gone but i think i might build another base in the towels maybe uh, maybe not you know don't worry about it yeah <laughs> at least until core four <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not there don't worry about it it's not there yet <laughs> well i would i would definitely love to help out especially in a barge but uh God, the towels are ridiculous to get through in a barge yep yep i actually just brought the barge last night to my other base to trawford old nice. trawford i feel like saying that with the redneck accident accent oh trawford yeah, what's going on down to Old Trafford? Get ourselves some Liberty Ale. <laughs> right, right there in Manchester. Yeah, it was in Omega <laughs> Three though, so it was a touch of pain in the butt to get it back up there. I got flipped over twice, and there was a there was a a, a DSC NPC stuck in one of the lanes in Cambridge, so I couldn't use it. 
it like literally wouldn't go away and it's just stuck in there and so finally i just said f it and i hit f2 and just told it to point at the london gate and just like minimize my screen while i worked on some other stuff you know <laughs> just added like a good 15 minutes for it to fly the 150k across the freaking system <laughs> so you might notice the rep on that ship might be a little messed up because i just shoot them i if actually them, it... was starting to shoot them but i was like you know what there's a battleship right behind me i probably shouldn't do this oh like a player or a no uh battleship norfolk's right there so i'm oh. pretty sure that it i don't, I don't know if it would destroy the barge i've never really been shot at in the barge but i was no, like it, it takes the shield down um you know because i i heard this from a friend um what it does is it takes the shield down really quickly um but the whole it just it it takes for like you'd have to sit in front of it for like an hour for the npc okay. battleship to to do anything with it um gotcha. but no like if you're as long as you're not doing it around players and stuff, um, yeah, I just shoot them. And if you get about three quarters of the hole down, sometimes they'll just fly forward like an evasive maneuver, and then it clears right. out the docking ring. Yeah, that. And when I go through docking rings and I get out the other side, I do a turret view, and then um, look like you can't you can't look at it from the straightway view. You have to look at it from the rear of the of the barge. And then point at the trade ring and shoot the trade ring because that prevents uh, a squad of NPCs coming in from behind you and, and hitting you. Oh, that's yeah. a good tip, actually, because that yeah. happened to me, too, last night. I came out of it and I was like perfectly lined up for the next trade lane. And then somebody yeah. came behind me and tipped me up, you know, <laughs> like. Yep, yep. Uh... Or like me. Oh, I should tell this story. I was flying from uh, uh, Norfolk Shipyard to, to West Point in my barge and got to West Point, started maneuvering around West Point to keep on going to California. Well, some jackass came in from Pennsylvania gate, flew in and was going straight. So we're basically crossing paths. He was going to Manhattan. Well, he flew straight and ran right into me. And of course I did like a hundred backflips flipping all around, messed me all up. I was flying a thousand K and meters. He wasn't, he wasn't AFK. He, he actually was maneuvering. He had to have maneuvered because he he had to move around the the West Point station like so he had to have been there like he just came out of the train lane. What a so, guy! Like, he, he had to have been there. So I popped his train lane. I just kept popping it till I was until <laughs> <laughs> I was back to my train lane. He just That's sat hilarious. there. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna keep popping your train lane so you can't go anywhere. <laughs> what so, a guy! What a guy! What a guy! Petty, I know, but hey, I it gave me a smirk. So, but. Uh, yeah, Need some synth marijuana to chill out. Yeah, which that is brought to you by Cryer Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> Stay stable with Stabilene. <laughs> so is it better to take synthetic marijuana and then Stabilene? No, no. Stabilene's only for if you have a, a nasty, twitchy cardamine addiction. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, I and, uh, you know, I hear that Cryer is 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 working on improving their stabling formula. Totally not the expense of hundreds or thousands of Maltese slaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of trade ran, uh, trade runs, um, slaves from uh, Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, there's a spike, but uh, 
Those are rescued, actually. Uh, rescued. If you ever see a crier ship carrying slaves, they've rescued them from the Maltese and are returning them safely to their homes. <laughs> De definitely. <laughs> so I have so a little, little blurb here. So because a lot of people will take issue with slaves, um, you know, with the commodity of slaves being in the game. As I they like, do. <sighs> this is my headcanon. What I like to think is that um, criminal factions have been busting out, um, you know, their their people, whether it be prisoner convoys or from prison stations. Um, so my headcanon is like there's a group of junkers or whoever that are doing this um, and taking prisoners, but then sending them to Beaumont. To be sold as slaves so unbeknownst to them these prisoners you know the rogues and um outcasts whoever they are they're thinking that they've got they've got a free ride back home but actually they're going to beaumont and then they're going to be sent up as slaves up to malta or wherever <laughs> so so like <laughs> slaves yes they're slaves but you know they're still bad people that's my headcanon that's one way to help you sleep at night i'm sure that none of those people are actual slaver sold like go out and kidnap you or pick you up in space kind of thing. Hey, I just had a really great idea. Listen in, dev team. Is make it so that anytime a commodity, a human cargo is is pirated, so passengers, vacationers, homesteaders, whatever, not slaves, are pass are, are pirated from a trader in the game or whoever, if they're picked up by an unlawful ID, they automatically become slaves. They just change commodities and they're replaced by slaves. Bingo. That that would be amazing. So my initial thought is how would you code that? But that's kind of how um that's how I really kind of got um to listening to you. Because forever I was told that the POB code was like lost in time and the person that made it left and you know they're not around. So the POB system is what it is, you can't change it. And then you come along and completely revolutionize it, not only with ideas and then reaching out to us for ideas, but also implementing it on a private server and saying, look, this works. So yeah. I never, and especially with some other people that we know and what they're able to do with coding and, and different projects, I will never say ever again that we can't do that because of coding. You can easily do that with coding. That would be an amazing thing. You just, yeah, yeah. It, it, it uh, would be pretty simple. I mean, it's it, some of the checks that happen are checks that are already in place in other plugins, like the event plugin. They check your cargo or they check when you dock what's in your cargo or whatever. So if a pirate picks it up, all they have to do is check the commodity against the ID. And if the ID checks out as this group, then the commodity becomes the other one. It's just deleted and re-added with the same quantity as slaves. That that would be a really good idea because then it gives law enforcement um you know more more of an in-game incentive to bust slavery because that's a popular trade route from Texas is you take slaves whether it's GC taking them up through Kusari onwards to to Malta or you know wherever you're taking them um so That's imagine really you pop a OSNC liner, or if you like demand, even if you just demand the cargo, like turn over your passengers, right? 
and you're in uh, whatever the name of the outcast uh, transport is, the Astro, I don't know, Astrid, I don't know. Uh, you say, I've got, you know, 1,200 cargo space. Give me 1,200 of your passengers right now, right? And so if they turn them over, now they become high-profit slaves that you can take right up to Malta. And you just picked them up in Kyushu, for instance, and you have a very short run now. You actually have a profitable run, and maybe we can even bonus it. I actually was working when I left the last time, was working on code for the event plugin so that there would be pirating bonuses so that you could actually pirate the event commodity and we can put it into the event config so that if they're pirated by this group of people or we can open it up to all IDs if we wanted to, then you could actually get a bonus too if you take it a certain basis, perhaps. Wouldn't that be a fun role play to do? Like, you're a ship captain of an orbital spawn cruise liner and pirate comes up, you've got however many, I don't even remember anymore, like what, 1,500 passengers on board? They sure. demand 1,000. Like, what do you do as a ship captain? Who do you determine who you hand over if that's the decision you make? It depends on who the ship captain is. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there is the, uh, sure, or it's the, like, by no means. My passengers are my protection. They're under my custody. It is my job to fight for them to the last man, whatever, you know. So, I don't so know. So, this is the trolley problem. The trolley? You know, oh, yeah. The philosophical trolley problem. So, for people that don't know, what it is is you're on a trolley, you're in control of the trolley, and you're heading towards a big group of people that are on the track. And they don't know you're coming. Like, you will hit them and you will most likely kill them. Or you can divert the track or divert the train, go down a different track and hit just one person, construction worker. But this philosophy problem has so many different levels because, okay, we'll say, um, say you're religious and that one person is a figurehead of your religion. Do you still run over all the people? Because most people will think, oh, well, you know, you, you, you kill one for the common good for, for everyone else, or you want to less people one is better than 15 or 20 however it is but what if that one person is like say your wife or significant other or your child you know so like it there's so many different levels to that problem so anyway i went down a i went down a railroad track um <laughs> side track. But yeah so it creates a trolley problem like what do you do as a ship captain do you you know do you say okay a thousand have to go for the common good of the rest of the passengers on board or do you say no and then potentially risk the lives of everybody on board because you got blown up because you didn't win the fight? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you would, would have to give up the few to save the, the rest. But So, so right. then it enters the interesting RP situation. As the ship captain, how do you determine which passengers you choose to go? <laughs> yep. You so know, what you should be... be able to have, too, in this scenario is if you get pirated like that and you have to turn over your um, passengers, it should make it so that you have like a, a reputation system with your clients or customers that goes down. It takes a hit whenever you get pirated like that. And then it that makes it, you know, either more expensive for you to get more of them or it makes it harder for you to conduct your business in some way. Um, kind of risk reward. Actually... Like, yeah, it hits you a little bit if you give up the passengers, but if you fight and you lose all the passengers, You've not only lost the passengers, you lost the ship, and you've lost crew. Right. Yeah, that would be that'd be interesting. But that, you know, that's how RP should be. You know, if people don't. 
Indeed, yeah. indeed. But that would be that'd be a fun. That'd be really fun to roleplay too. Um, because anytime I've ever been on on my OSNC uh, ship, um, so which which I have another thing to say about that, but I'll finish this off. Um, is uh, anytime I ever come across a pirate, it's always money. Um, they never they never want passengers. They always uh, demand cargo. I love always... doing cargo piracy. Yeah, cargo. So sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll have like beer or something on board because it's like a big party or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, most of the time it's it's just passengers. Um, yeah. So here's another thing, little little headcanon thing of mine. Um, if you've ever seen an OSNC out in the middle of nowhere, just impulse flying to a jump gate or a jump hole, it's me. The reason I do that is because people are on a cruise liner to enjoy themselves, enjoy the sights and and everything. So (laughs) like, that's what, you know, you want to go like as smooth as possible. So in a straight line, like if you keep going through trade lanes and making sharp turns and bouncing, you know, everyone's being bounced all around and stuff. Um, And I haven't read anything like lore wise for any sort of like gravitational stabilizing. I don't know if that exists. In the, so you're in the saying game. like rocketing from trade lane to trade lane isn't a very good vacation? <laughs> no, I mean it could. Some people might, but I'd rather do that in a. <laughs> oh my god, a... racer! I just had a crazy idea. Oh boy! They, they should make a game mechanic for that, so that you're actually taking people to destinations. Like, okay, so you you make some money, sure, from the sale of passengers, or whatever. But if you go to a destination zone or area or whatever, and it could be like for this length of, of time, like if you're in not in cruise and through this section of space, it would be like its own little mini game where you stay within this block at impulse, going by a particular landmark or pl- place of interest or whatever. Then it it generates you money just from them that like a sightseeing game mechanic generation. I have to flesh this out, but it just hit me like. We could like... So, like, you're on a cruise and you're flying through, um, say, California system. You have to go, I mean, it's not there anymore, but say you have to fly by Willard uh, Research Station. You know, so when you do that, you get extra money. Well, I mean, I don't know if Willard's a sightseeing, but, like, let's just say uh, flying over, what is a site in, in the game? Like, uh, well, the what is that luxury liner hawaii is out there in sigma 19 so let's say like you're flying by that planet and it's a place of interest i don't remember the name of the planet right next to uh, hawaii like yeah. as you fly by it in impulse not in cruise speed for that length of time your credits are ticking up like tick 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 and you come up with some amount that is acceptable and some length of time that's acceptable and beyond that you no longer generate money but for the time period that you're doing your sightseeing you are generating credits and see this would also create a slow window for pirates that they know that they can interdict you potentially these are the places these are the you know that they're going to have to be there for at least 2 minutes or something like that then you might be able to create another opportunity for um, uh, some gameplay there for between groups. That would be fun, yeah. And it forces the yeah, like O like O's and Z and liners and stuff to actually like yeah, get out, do some cruises. Because I imagine 
enjoy the sights, right? <laughs> enjoy the sights, but I imagine too, like you're on a cruise, you don't want to, because I feel like when you're in house space, it's almost like you're still in kind of the same town. But yeah, like when you like say you want to go out for a Sunday drive, or you just want to get out of town for a while just to just to leave. Um, yeah, like there's there's in between towns and cities, there's like you know nothingness, or you could just kind of sit back and enjoy the sights. I feel like the same way with freelancer in between um, major houses or even outside of houses, uh, you know, the Taos and the Omicrons and Omegas, um, there's a bunch of nothingness. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be that'd be a good system to it'll promote the liner captains to to get out and explore those areas while at the same time give something for pirates to chase after. That'd be interesting. It's never actually occurred to me thinking about luxury liners and passengers i've always kind of felt like the gameplay just isn't there like you know it first of all it doesn't make sense you just like buying passengers and selling them someplace but it you know it honestly has never occurred to me to think about the idea of having a sightseeing game mechanic but when you're talking about that you purposefully impulse for the purpose of your character showing the sights like it just hit me like wow if you could actually make that an integrated part of the game that'd be awesome <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Yeah, like an end game. Uh... Like one more reason, actually. That that's my thing. Is I always feel like there should be actual gameplay niches for the different factions, and there really isn't because it to this point, freelancer and discovery in general. I always see it that there's two things to do: shoot things or haul things. You know, and it's it's so vanilla in that regard. I wish there was more gameplay. There's more things to do. I mean. Yes, you can mine, but inevitably you're mining stuff so that you can haul stuff. So if there's more things for groups to do and it incentivizes to use that group and therefore explore the RP of that group, then that's the path that should go. We should go. I really hope that Helmchan doesn't hear this so that we can get him on as a guest and present this idea to him to see what he <laughs> thinks, like fresh. Um, yeah, and then that would be great. If he has ideas that he can he can push out because he's a uh, Home Chan, the number one in, in charge of OSNC, um, the official faction. So yeah, that would be that would be a very awesome conversation to have with him. And uh, yeah, you know, he thinks. I actually he, been talking to you know, him yesterday, not about this. Yeah, but um, okay. I was telling him that OSNC needs its own bonus run, like the shipping bonuses. And so I was talking to him to generate some ideas with his people. Yeah, that would be that'd be good. I'm a I'm actually a subdirector of OSNC. I haven't really done anything. I feel bad. Yeah, I saw that. I that like triggered my interest when I saw whenever I uh, rejoined their Discord yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm so it's funny. Like I'm that's one thing I've noticed about Discovery is there's no real internal audits of who's active and who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, like me, like I've been subdirector in OSNC for a year and a half or so. Um and for like when I first joined OSNC we I, I did a lot to help out. I I helped out um by upgrading the two POBs that we had. So I was doing runs for that. Um and then constant supply and stuff. But I've just you know just with, with everything else I've just kinda took taken a step back and I'm not doing that stuff anymore. But uh yeah it's <laughs> I'm still subject. It's like I haven't. I have no idea what's going on in the faction. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I was in, 
that was kind of kind of part of the um kind of get into the weeds a little bit here but kind of part of the reason we split from usi was because we when we made change like we're we're in the game we're flying in the game we're experiencing the things that we're talking about in the executive lounge and so before we would do anything we would always put it to a vote and we had people voting on things that haven't played i've never I, i've never even met them before never met them in discord you know when I, when i became an executive or vice president not a single one of the old god kind of came up and said hey well you know welcome to usi you know i'm i'm such and such and you know like there was there was <laughs> yeah, well like i feel like if i'm in that situation i don't play anymore but i see you know like say say you're new and you're coming in like i would, i don't know I'd, I'd make it a point to to introduce myself like hey i'm i'm racer i used to be voice uh, vice president but you know life kind of caught up i don't play anymore but um but yeah good you know good luck to you you know word word of advice maybe i, I don't know there was there's none of that you got to um, got to cling to your pixel power though racer cling to my pixel power like that's why people stay in these roles they they never oh, yeah. like leave they're just corpses in the faction but they're just they want to cling to their pixel power just in case they ever do get interest again they still have that power you know <laughs> like they don't open it up for other people to take those shoes which is a shame, but that's the reasoning, you know? Yeah, there's definitely that. And I think people are also afraid that once they lose their power, they can't get it back. Yeah. Um, and so I proposed, because um, it was uh, uh, JCPC, he was president, I was vice president. Um, and Bellic was in a, I forgot what role he was in, but he was like an executive or something, but he was still, he was acting as if he was president but because he didn't have the official role, he didn't take any of the liability, mm. which is kind of one thing. And I'll, that's a whole other topic. But these these people are making these these casting these votes and talking about things that they have no idea what they're talking about. And we're just and and the ones that are playing. It was at that time. It was a good group of four of us that were really active, and we we're like, well, no, it's not this way. If you do this, like we were placing a bid on a lawn shipyard in Omega Three at one point. It's like what nice. business do we have in there? That's what that makes no RP sense at all. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was so dumb. But anyway, so um, I had a conversation with uh, it was me and JCPC and and Jericho was there too. Um, and one other guy he hasn't played in a while. Forgot his name. He is one of one of them that went off to RS. And I said, hey, look. This is our freaking faction. Like, it's about time we treated it as such. If we want to make changes, we should do it. And I was like, the first thing we need to do is, and I made the post. I said, um, you know, for all the executives, like, you have seven days to respond. If you don't respond, we're moving you down to member status. But what we wanted is a way for them to quickly regain their status. So if you're if you're an exec if you're an executive um, executive lounge now and you don't respond um you know in, in real life you know issues whatever you're busy you don't play anymore whatever so if, if you don't play anymore at all they won't care so they'll just go back down to member status and you know it's fine but if they're just busy with stuff well you don't have the capacity to be an executive and you don't have the experience in game to be making just votes for these changes that are going to be influencing we who are playing um 
we're going to be having those changes whether we like them or not. So that was the idea is put them out in a member. If they don't reply right away, that's fine. But if they Race come back... The what's that? Race of the Revolutionary. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a new revolution. Um, but yeah, like say two months down the road, they're like, hey, I want to come back. You know, like we've, we've always had... We could always make an officer role too. Like, you know, we, we know who these people are. You know, it's not like some Joe Blow that, you know, just joined and they want to be an executive. Like this guy was an executive. So... Um, so that was my point is like, we can easily get you back up. If you're, if you're back, we'll, we'll get you back. Um, but it's just, yeah. So it seems I like a good system. Yeah. And then Bellic threw a gasket because this is all of his old buddies. And again, pixel power. So he locked down Emlinton base, um, completely locked it down, changed passcodes and everything. Um, it was not explained to me at the time. So that is his base. Um, he is the owner of it. But it's like you can't you can't have a privately owned base within the scope of a business because then that's yep. a private interest. It's a conflict of interest. Yep. So what he should have done is either turned it over property to USI and, and taken a chunk of money or just kept his business aside and let Separate. USI business. Because like me as USI tagged, I supplied that base and yes, I earned money for doing it, but still USI is supplying your base. It's producing. You have to like, you have to be able to make it clear that it's differentiated from the business itself. If that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Private um, enterprise versus that's why, that's why like here in America, we have rules where like presidents, you're not supposed to, but you're not supposed to have like a private, company you know, I, I hate bringing them up but you know kind of like with with trump he had to actually sign over his businesses to somebody else not many <laughs> people know that but he had to uh, yeah now now was he still in charge yeah yeah he was but on paper officially he had to resign as chairman for his businesses because he was president um and that's the same way with other businesses like you can't it can't be double dipping like that you got to yeah. So anyway, yeah, I went to the weeds for a bit there. But anyway, so yeah. Um so he locked down Emlinton and so I gave him the ultimatum. I said, You unlock Emlinton, give us the admin passcode. Um and uh and we'll 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 stay or we're gone. And he went ahead and, and took me out of executive role and all the roles and on Discord. So I was like, All right. So we packed up our stuff and left and now they're multi boxers. And then you uh, formed Connex? Uh, RS first, and then, yeah, and then Connex. So Connex was supposed was, to be the... Oh, go ahead. Was, was this happening before or after USI became US? This was after. So um, there was somebody on the inside of USI. I won't say their name. But um, we're we're buddies, we're pals. Um, and he he kind of and, and I I um I abused the the trust. There was something that happened, but again, I don't want to talk about it. Um, just because he you know want to make sure it's okay with him. But uh, yeah, but he he fed me information, and I didn't really. It was more of 
we we just kind of like talk about a little bit and kind of chuckle but again this is this is almost an example of what i was talking about before like i was an old god of usi and so with him and his position like if he ever had any questions or wanted to know what things were like before or why are things going this way? You know, I can kind of explain, well, it's this way because this happened a year ago and with this Faction person. elder. Yeah. Kind of like, and we, we did do that a couple of times, kind of like, you know, sit around the campfire and the chieftain kind of tell stories, you know, kind of, kind of thing. So like, you know, talking about USI and IMG, um, I was vice president of USI and I had no idea that there was beef with IMG until I tried to dock with, um, was it Freistad or whatever in, um, in Omega Seven, Omega Seven, yeah. yeah, to get the uh, Argantium Silver, I couldn't dock there. Yeah, I was like, "What's going on?" Like it, uh, like I, I went off to um, Stuttgart, docked, logged out, restarted computer. Like I was doing troubleshooting things. I was like, <laughs> "I don't know why I docked at the base." And oh I even God. went on the, the Discord help and support. I'm like, "I think it's glitched." And then somebody finally said, "Because um, your faction is FR5." Yeah, that's hilarious that you were a leader of USI and I was a leader of IMG. <laughs> Second of in command, yeah, yeah, and then you're really <laughs> revived you, but yeah, like that. Um, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so I went into our Discord and I was like, What, what the hell, guys? Like, what's what's the old blood behind? feud, old blood feud, old yeah. blood feud, and the, the players that are um playing right now have nothing to do with each other to even, yeah, so that would have been a fun RP to do too if if things would have stayed the same, and especially after meeting you. That would have been really cool to um, have like these meetings where we kind of smooth things over and kind of reopen things. But yeah, it's kind of look looking back at the story, it does seem a little bit of a uh, little bit of tomfoolery. What what happened? Doesn't <laughs> seem totally in RP. It seemed like there were beefs that predate us. <laughs> yeah. So CR, when I first came, had a lot of old um, elder faction elders that were clinging around, and that I I would get tidbits from all the time. Um, Atreides would would constantly give me info and, and insight. Um, what's his name? Panzer? Panzer, yeah. Pa I think it's Panzer. He was uh, an old uh, elder, and he would chime in with history of the faction as well. Jansen, who I think used to be an admin um, for Discovery. Um, so there's a whole... I mean, there's a lot of them for CR. It's, it's, it's got... I mean, it's had quite the history, so... Yeah. So, in current events, speaking of story and RP, there's a uh, RP story contest hosted by myself. It's a community one. It's not official at all. It's just something I felt like doing. That I felt like I was going to plug this go around. It's uh, essentially you're going to make a story with some kind of in-game elements that are screenshots. Maybe you can take screenshots that are artistic in nature that you can put into your post, but you're going to make up yourself a presentation that brings your story to life to the submission and the theme is business and betrayal and it's basically however you want to interpret that uh some element of business or trade and some betrayal related to it directly and that can be you know junkers it could be even running your maltese cardamine cartel or whatever but business and betrayal and all of those have to come in by the 23rd friday the 23rd and will be judged by three people myself racer and i've got aramnart to be the third judge and um the prizes are going to be cash but they're pretty substantial the first place is uh 500 million 
the best presentation, like the best BB code and outline and all that is going to be 100 million. And then the, if you, if somebody creates a really cool video that is related to their story, then that's 250 million and yeah, everyone's welcome, all factions. And that'll be really cool too, because there's a lot of events that are PVP based and as of last week and now PVE, which I'm still a little upset with lemon about, man, if I would have known it would have liked that, I would have. I would have joined in. That looked like a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so this is really cool because now it's more about economy and, and business with still an element. I mean, it, it could still be a fight. Maybe you're a rogue and you're trying to do an underground or under the table business deal with Xenos or something. Then they show up in force and slaughter you or something. You know, it's a business betrayal. And you I feel know. like it has the yeah. potential to hit all of those niches. Like you, you have stories for for those who just like to, you know, pump out the forum RP. You've got the in-game RP that you can do, as well as potentially, like you said, in-game PvP in order to act out the elements of your story. And it's also got like a heavy business trade focus to it. So I think that it kind of scratches all those things. So I was kind of a really excited to put that out because we've had like story write-up contests before. But I don't, I don't know if there's been ones that are required that you have in-game elements to go with it. Uh, somebody did post in the thread that they had seen something similar to it in the past, but uh, and they also <laughs> posted that the prizes then were more unique. But uh, this is just something I'm hosting myself, so I've got cash and I'm willing to sling it. So <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, 500 million for the best overall, 100 million. For best presentation and 250 million if you make a great video yeah i'm just excited yeah. to see what comes out of it I, i'm excited to read some cool stories <laughs> that so with with this community i've got to say that is the thing i've been most surprised about is there's a lot of very creative very art minded people um that can create some very i'm talking like banners videos screenshots yeah. things you do with screenshots there are some very creative people in this community so yeah i'm definitely absolutely excited to see what's there i've been really impressed with with some of them out there yeah go ahead i'm just a little bit bummed because again going back to uh, conflict of interest i had some ideas formulated especially involving some old old space truckers um but uh i don't feel it's right for me to to make a submission if i'm a judge so um i can uh I mean, I, I would say make a submission, but we just won't count it uh, to be judged. I think it would just be cool to to read it, though. If it's something that you're mm -hmm. inspired to write up, then do it. It'd be fun. I might do that. Yeah. It just won't be judged. So, yeah. You don't need $500 million anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do because I blew all my money on buying a barge that I now don't use anymore. So. <laughs> well, I'll swing you some cash. <laughs> yeah, I was, when you said about the cash prizes, I was even thinking in my head, I'm thinking, eh, let's go ahead and double it. Racer's going to throw <laughs> in some money in, but I'm like, shoot, I can't say that because I don't know if I've got the money right now. <laughs> we'll have to do some, uh, run some slaves up to Malta maybe, kind of. Um, <laughs> Passengers. <laughs> passengers, yes. Um, uh, what what are they? The uh, um, unconsenting passengers. They're migrant farm workers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be really fun to see people's submissions. And another thing too, um, I haven't really ever worked with Aramnart before. Um, seen them posting, and we kind of reply to each other even on Discord and stuff. But uh, never really worked with this person, so it'd be. Fun to meet a new person. 
and Vasco yeah, I, I like this person pretty good. Um, at least uh, as far as I've been able to interact with them. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely have some good content and fun for sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting. And and Aramnard's a story dev, so you know, definitely coming from that side of the table. Maybe maybe spark some uh, maybe even official event stuff. You know, get on Aramnard's good side, see that we can kind of create good stories or and even that that could be an interesting idea too somebody brings a, a a story in this little contest and it's such a good idea that it becomes something it, official yeah i mean or even if it doesn't it could become something that sparks faction play somewhere else so mm -hmm. hopefully it'll spin up something interesting i think aramnar's been looking for some inspiration lately anyway yeah for sure um so yeah, look forward to that. Friday, June twenty third. Get yes. your submissions in. We should make we should make a little commercial, like a little, like a side video or not video, but recording. Yeah, for the for the event itself. For the event, yes. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I uh, or even do some live commentary about our read throughs. I don't know. That might be something we could look at. Um, yeah. I figured yeah. we would give like two to three days for the judges to go through all of them. Uh, I don't know how much of a return we're going to get from everybody as far as how many submissions or whatever, but it is a weekend and I know people have stuff going on. So, you know, we're not going to like, all right, we're going to have all our resorts, results out the next day. So two to three days, review everybody and then come up with our voting, um, the three of us. Yep, definitely. Yep. Yeah, I know my weekends are usually pretty shot. This weekend we already already got some stuff going on. There's something going on. Yeah, I got my kiddos this weekend, so nice. It'll be fun. Yeah, um, enjoying this good weather. Yeah, it's been nice down here too. It's been pretty bright and sunny. Last week we literally went flying. It was my son's birthday, so we had uh, some kite flying at the park next door. <laughs> old <fun>. school. <laughs> Kicking it old school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see the uh, updates to the Disco GC main server? I thought it was pretty interesting. The Discord server, I mean. Yeah, I saw that briefly. Um, yeah, definitely some interesting, good changes. Um, I like how Discovery is now starting to see. I I feel like a lot of individual servers, faction servers. Um, you know, they're using a lot of really good tools, especially like POB related tools to let us know if, you know, they're starting to decline or under attack even. Um, so I really like seeing Freelancer um, Discovery really starting to take some of those ideas and incorporate into the main Discord because that, that should be the that should be the standard, right? You know, the main Discord should be the. the yeah, one. so. Some of those those other faction discords have really kind of outshone Discovery GC main for a while. And also, they have made it clear that they're not going to put up with the toxicity there, too. So there's, like, servers like NSC has a ton of resources. It's not just, like, the, the bots that are there, but Xenon is, like, a king as far as making everything super well laid out and organized. And also, he's, his artwork is fantastic, too, when he pops in stuff like that. Like, he did a thing for the, the story event thing and he put a graphic in there and the way that block came out the block of text and, and the layout looks amazing so seeing some of that has given some impetus i think to the main disco gc 
server. And like, I really like the way they have redone the player factions using, I think, the event part of the uh, of Discord. I'm not super familiar with it, but instead of just the constant stream of people's um, server links, you have this sort of feed that looks really, really good in my opinion. That has not only your your link to your Discord, but it has like the description, the mission for some of these, and some of them even popped in some art, and that looks really good. I'm pretty yeah. pleased with that. Talking about Xenon, man, it, like Connex and RS, a lot of that artwork was done by him. Um, yeah, very, really awesome yeah. artwork. But yeah, some of Definitely these bots too. Guy. Um, there's one section in particular. Here we go. I've got so many. <laughs> I left some Discord servers and now I've re regained some more. There we go. Yeah, definitely like the player factions. Um, now, my only thing would be is if they could even cut that in half. So have official factions and then unofficial factions because there's a lot of unofficial factions or, or groups or organizations that are staples of discovery, such as NSE, where they don't have officialdom, but everyone who's everyone knows who's NSE. Well, um, I mean, anybody could post in there. There's unofficial factions that have already posted. Um, oops, didn't mean to do that. Like, uh, where did I see it? Oh, wait, are those all? Well, Starflyers Star Star isn't official, I don't think. I'm pretty sure anybody can post in there. Okay, well, that's cool then. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, right. yeah, Cryer, yeah. Cryer isn't pushing for officialdom anytime soon, but we have a lot of fun just logging and doing RP and doing convoys and stuff. GMS is, you know, they get their people together. They're not really Discord prevalent, but they're an unofficial faction that has buckets of hours. You know, they're out there way more than most factions. But, yeah, I mean, officialdom to me right now is... Uh, a little bit of a wet blanket. I mean, I don't think that there's a ton that really inspires people to push for officialdom. There's some of like the perk system or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. But speaking of bots, before we move on too far from that, is I'm not um, <laughs> what is that? What does the thing say whenever it joins? Now recording. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've been long wanting to make a bot that. Uh, player base owners can link into and pop into their discords that can reveal their shop um, their shop's quantities and prices and stuff and Darkwood had written code to expose that information as a choice so the owner could put in a command and it would expose their shop if they wanted to to a JSON export and then the JSON export could be used to build a bot and I was wanting to build that bot and I, I think that I'm going to put that on my to-do list at some point because there was some more talk about Darkwind's exporting actually getting into the patch. We'll see if it does or not. I think it's something that could definitely uh, be super fun and, and informative to various faction bases. You can see, all right, this guy's this is the equipment he's got. You can immediately check instead of like polling the forum, and you can also see which bases are currently stocked with ore. Um, so I think that that would be a lot of fun. And you can also see uh, without even logging in if there's food, water, oxygen. There we go. Nice. Yeah, like like almost like shot command on Discord. Yep. Yeah, because that's a that was a really not a, not a big problem, but that was a problem 
um, back in USI because we had like three different bases we were supplying. So I would have a ship on each base and I had to lock into each individual ship just to see what's yeah. on the station, see what needs supplied to it. So that would be a very useful thing. So, I do yeah. really like the slash base supplies command that Eingar added, but yeah, this would take it even one step further and be able to access the game from outside of it. Mm-hmm. Have you been on since he updated that? I have not. I haven't. I don't do anything with POBs anymore um, as of right now. So um, right now, if you're logged in as an admin, you can type slash base space supplies, and it'll show up in your on the on the chat what of food, water, oxygen, and RA, RH, and HS what the quantities of each one are, which is kind of cool. So you don't have to dig through the horrendous eye twitching list of shop stuff because dude sometimes i look at that and i go through it four or five times before i finally find like food or or one particular item and it drives me crazy but yeah if you just type slash base base supplies you see boom automatically i've got food water oxygen i've got um i think i don't actually don't even know if crew's in there or not but it has the three supply commodities as well ra rh and hs so you can see at a glance exactly what you need to go get it will be interesting to see as these tools are because it, it seems like you started it, but about a year or two ago, there's like a big renaissance of POB work being done as far as smoothing things over, creating tools to make it easier um, and you know more effective for the, the admins and the users to read information and use them. There's it's just so much you can do with them, Racer. I mean, it's not even just like player focus. There's so much you can do, like events and all this stuff. There's so much crap that can be done with POBs, and it always right. drove me crazy when I got familiar what? with them. What was that one year there was like a Christmas event and you had to deliver presents to a POB, but then some people came in and destroyed the POB? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Grinches. Mm. But, um, but my point is, it, it's going to be interesting to see some of the the POB haters out there, which which is okay. Everyone has their own opinion. I'm not hating. It just is what it is. But it's going to be interesting to see how many of the POB haters might reverse. Maybe not totally reverse, but maybe change not, their uh, perspective. Not be so angry with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, it depends. I think a lot on what all makes the patch. Uh, because I I I wrote a lot of things before, but as of right now, none of that stuff's going in because I haven't resubmitted any of my code back yet. But Eingar has done some tweaks to some things. And, um, you know, obviously the wear and tear was updated on the config side. I had written a, a solution for that, and it's on my, my my YouTube channel devlog, which was a little bit more dynamic and interesting, I think, than the current system. Because what they did recently was the, all they did was speed up they sped up wear and tear, but they also sped up repair. So, so long as it's actually been supplied, then it will repair faster. But at the same time, it's not, it's still very linear. And my system that I had suggested before was a little bit more dynamic. Basically, as it drops below 80%, 60%, 40%, and 20%, it, it exponentially would speed up its deterioration just to make it clear that bases are wearing down faster if they are abandoned. If it's just like normal everyday stuff, then the wear and tear at that first 80 to 100%, which is 
normal wear and tear. Like people were still coming to supply it, you know, maybe even once a week or whatever, but it's slowly deteriorating. But once it's like clear that nobody's taking care of this thing anymore and drops below the 80%, it speeds up. And if it drops below the 60%, it speeds up even further. And so in that regard, I think it would be a little bit better than the current system. So I, I might push to see if I can still get that piece in. But yeah, there's there's a ton to do with POBs. And it's not just about players making money with ores. It's it's about RP. It's about interaction. It's about events. There's so much you can do with it. And I think a lot of people just see them in a very n narrow focus, unfortunately. And they see the way it's been for 10 years or more. The POBs weren't updated for like a decade or more. And I feel like when they were first implemented, there was very little that you can do with them. I mean, to this day, most people that I have observed will build a base and they're so excited that they now have their mark on Sirius. They have their real estate out there and their place and they can write RP about and everything. And then they realize that it's like a black hole for them. It's a black hole for time and resources. And you don't really get much out of it because there's not a ton you can do with it. So I'm hoping that that will change. Yeah, I definitely don't think I've I've never made money on any bases I personally owned. Um, the my favorite base I ever built was of course the Connect um, headquarters, and mm -hmm. it's in Magellan. I've sold it. And I have no idea what's going on with it now. Um, I passed it, it the other day. Yeah, I man, I love I love that base, man. Um, I sunk a Buy lot back. of time into it. Um, but uh. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> thought about it, like bringing Connex back, you know, but no, Connex is alive and well outside of Discovery, but um, <laughs> it's not Star Citizen. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I got um, yeah, a few few things I do. I, I wanted to make Connex and Eve, but it's just yeah, it's just too much of an undertaking. But no, like if I if I make a game or if I start a game or anything like American Truck Simulator, I've got Connex there. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice. like my baby. I've got uh, this. Definitely isn't a plug. I'm still toying with it. But even like my own freelancer novel, Connex is alive and well in there. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. I can't but, wait to uh, see that. Yeah, I felt like the the headquarters. Um, like when I made posts. Um, like I can visually see the building in Magellan. Like that's mm -hmm. where that's where we're at. Or you know, having meetups. Um. That's immersion yeah. for you. That is RP, yeah. my friend. That's immersion. I had a. Oh, I don't remember his name. It's it's been so long ago. Um, people will know him. I'll try to find his name real quick. But uh, the the guy in uh, Destroyer. Um, this guy was so good at RP. Lockrath. You ever meet? Yeah. Lockrath? Yes. Yeah. That Whoever... guy can write, dude. Yeah. You ever see his write ups for his Destroyer? Yeah. Holy shit. That is next level, like crazy level. Yeah. So he um, is, he's got so much more patience than I do. <laughs> like I think that I'm a good writer, but wow, that guy. He you talk about depth, like holy smokes. So it was funny because um uh the the night that we basically put shovel into dirt, um it was me, Jericho and that's this third person, Ice, for whatever reason, can't remember their name. They were with us for a short bit, then they, they kind of left Freelancer. Um, but it was the three of us there. And we we planted the base, 
and we kind of did a little NRP ceremony thing. And none of us saw red on our radar for whatever reason. And I just kind of see it, and I, I click it, and he's like 10K away, and he's like up. And so you like look up, and he's just there like staring down at us. <laughs> so we're doing this whole ceremony. He's like been there the whole time. We don't even notice <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, like he he had the capability right then and there to destroy what we just built. Um, and, and he didn't, and he decided to role play with us. And cause I wanted, I wanted Connex to be upfront. Yeah. I wanted it to be like a suit and tie executive corporation business thing, but we do some things on the side, you know? So it would have been really cool to potentially partner with like Cryer you know, maybe move some human organs on the down low or, you know, just kind of do... Corporate corruption. <laughs> I wanted to move guns, man. I wanted... I was even thinking of even doing an SRP to where we're not hostile with, like, Outcasts or something or Corsairs so that we can move... We can move guns. And if we get caught, like, big big government um, crackdowns on the business, like, that would have been really cool to role play, But... Um, I don't know where I'm going with all of that. But anyway, so yeah, it's really cool to to do some of the role plays I did. Oh yeah, yeah, with the Lockcraft, yeah. So he was he actually got invited onto the base and everything, and we did um the little role play where you know he was invited to the bar and we'd sit there and talk and like he was gonna be kinda like my big my big first step into a little bit of the, the unlawful stuff. We did a little bit with FLG, um lemon threw some nuggets out our, our way to do propaganda and stuff. Um, and it was funny because I knew exactly what he wanted to do right away is he wanted us to be um, paper pushers. So we supplied um, planet mains or whatever it was, the, the one planet that, you know, the people needed food. So we were hauling in food rations. And in return, we had to take propaganda somewhere else. Well, Bill Wagner, he's... You know, he's a high executive type. You know, he you know, he takes people by their word and, you know, does this. So he's you know, he didn't he didn't understand that he was being had. So he <laughs> basically Yeah, you know, they were spending money for this food, but at the same time, like on Axis Corporation is moving propaganda to help the FLG cause. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. You read the threads and it's just like is Bill this stupid? Well, it's not stupid. He just doesn't know how, how things are working right now. But um anyway, so yeah, POBs are fun. Yeah, we can Yeah. Talk all day about yeah. different things we could do with them. There's so much more that could be done with them too. But Yeah, I think that they're I mean they can be really kind of engines of change and I mm-hmm. I I really like to see how much I could push the limits and give options to players. Aramnart just posted something in the NFC Discord pinging me. Can event judges set up a public credit bank account visible to the participants asking for a friend? I don't know exactly what he's talking about. Which uh, which channel is it in? NSC Lobby. Event set up a public credit bank. <laughs> Huh. I hope he doesn't think that he needs to fund the rewards or something. I've already got that. I don't know. So, in the time that we've been talking, I've made 200 million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I made about 70 million isk in 
Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so we probably should wrap up our uh, our cast for now. I guess I think we'll be going for a while. Yeah, yeah, we should. And I definitely I need to get run into the store, real life stuff. Um, yeah, there, there's other points I wanted to make with the POBs. Um, I'm definitely with you. I think the changes they made were a band aid, but there's definitely better methods. Um, did you ever read the the thread of when all that stuff was coming? Because this was after you'd left. Um, you came. You've come back after all that stuff really went down um have you read the thread no i haven't actually there's a lot of people put some good ideas and of course there's some you know flaming going on back and forth and stuff and the typical customers putting their one-liners in thinking they're being edgy but um the the one thing i say for that is i think i am with the people that say there are too many pobs in the server i Totally agree, one hundred percent. Especially abandoned ones. There's nothing more. Even like the the NPC station wrecks. Like it needs cleaned up a bit. So I agree. But I think with the current player base, it's already too hard to maintain a POB. Um, like people oh, say, yeah. you know, they're, they're supposed to be group things, and it is great if it's a group. But you can't have that group. Anymore. You can't rely and, on that all the time. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and again, we can go further in depth later in a different podcast. But I think ultimately what it needs to be is the barrier to entry needs to be steeper. So yes, make the cost to be upfront. Um, That's been a, a common theme. And in fact, that a lot of the devs have even agreed on that kind of thing, at least from the last time we talked about that I talked about it with them. Absolutely. And I think that core like the the coring should be restructured a little bit core one um to prevent the the spam of just nonsensical bases or like just people putting bases for random reasons core one should have just one slot one storage slot and that's where you'd put the blueprint um because then otherwise the base is useless. What are you going to do? Like you put a shield generator on it. Like, okay, so all of your storage is then going to be used just for the fuel. Um, you know, or you could put a storage on there and have a little bit of storage space. But um, yeah, so core one, just have one storage module. And then core two, you open it up to have your, however many is it, like five or six now? Um, well, I mean, core ones need the ability to defend themselves. For sure. I mean, they 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 are are literally a wet paper bag if you don't put a shield gen on it. Um, yeah. But I think that the focus on fixing core ones, the first thing, would need to be a rewrite of the current siege declaration rules because it is disgusting yeah. that like people who legitimately want to build a base for RP for whatever reason that if it's legit and it's not just like spamming crap out, then they need a a a pathway towards actually being able to RP with their neighbors. And everybody knows that this is near and dear to my heart after the ADCA fiasco, but like it is disgusting that you can attempt to RP with your neighbors as hard as you can before building a base. And then as soon as you put it up, people just ignore all of your RP and go straight to a siege deck. And and they because they, they're like core one don't care. Core one don't care, you know. Like you're not, a, you're yeah, nobody until you're a core two. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. You know, like it, you you cannot have a base 
unless you can get it to core two in 24 hours, you know, with some situations. And that is, that is a disgusting misuse and, and, um, you know, aberration of how gameplay should be. And that has to be addressed. But I think that we have a lot we can talk about with bases. And maybe we should even make that the core topic of our next um, cast, honestly. I mean, it is the podcast, after all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that, the, um, it, as far as us calling this the podcast, we're, we're, we're not trying to be edgy or make a point or anything. It just, it rolled off. I don't even know who said it, but somebody said it and we were just like, Mickey, Whoa. Mickey, credit is credit where credit yeah, is Mickey, due. Mickey did it. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, yeah. I think it was Mickey. There's like, yeah, it's the podcast. And I like, I love it. So That's it. <laughs> a quick little disclaimer about that. We were trying to find something that is regularly identifiable by everybody in Discovery as like a gameplay, uh, a poke at a gameplay mechanic or something that a series of words that everybody knows in the game, but also would identify us as, you know, a talking group or a podcast or a radio station. And we went through several different ones and then somebody threw in the podcast. And it was it was perfect. I mean, especially because uh, Racer and myself have a long history of being involved with trade and POBs, uh, and Xenon is probably going to be one of our primary, if not t- uh, permanent, hosts. Um, also, of course, is involved with POBs, so it was it fit perfectly. Um, so that's that's the story there. Why we're called the podcast. We're not going to always talk about POBs, but that's just where that came from. There were there were definitely some names we came out with that that were edgier and poking at at people and factions and stuff. But we wanted something neutral and something that uh, I I kind of use the metaphor of um, you know say this 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 situation exists which it never will. But say twenty years down the line, um, all of us are done playing freelancer and discovery, and we're out and about one day, and just for whatever reason on the TV we see like mission one where Trent launches from manhattan and flies with king and then the down hour shows up and then gets blown up by the order and you know the everybody knows that scene i don't know about you but i don't care what i'm doing i'm gonna stop and watch because it's like yeah. that that's my childhood that's my teenage nostalgia. years yep. yes that's nostalgia so we wanted to i don't think we really hit the mark uh, in that regard i do love the name the pod uh podcast which I'm starting to use the two interchangeably, so I'm hoping I'm not in real life talking about some podcast and I use the podcast. <laughs> Maybe it rolls off so so quick, people don't notice it. But like in real life, using the term podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. But yeah, like uh, that was at, at least my intention is try to capture that. Like when people hear the name of the podcast, you know, it could be like, oh yeah, freelancer, you know. So like, we're thinking names like the Freeport, um, Freeport Seven. You know, just kind of neutral names, but uh, yeah, we heard podcast, and it's just that's because again, yep. what what you said, that's that's our mo's. We're we're pod people, so right. <laughs> so our format is going to be different in subsequent episodes. We spent a lot of time today introducing ourselves. We wanted our audience to be familiar with their hosts, but in the future, there'll be a lot less talk, of course, about ourselves and. A lot more community focused, Discord topic focus. If you have an idea, submission, poll, event, something you want to talk about too, please let us know. We're going to put a link to our Discord in the uh, channel description. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Is there anything else you wanted to pop in, Racer? 
Yeah, um, along with that too, you know, guests. Um, we want to have guests on the show as well. So um, absolutely, kinda, yeah. we're going to be reaching out to some people that we feel will be a good guest. You know, we already mentioned a few. Um, so if you would, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, first off, thank you. Um, you know, for listening to a couple of jackasses talking about ourselves for yep. two hours. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so if, if you're interested um, and you want to be a guest, let one of us know. Uh, and we'll get you in. And, and to that point, too, um, the guests that we want to have on the show, we, at, at least at first, um, until we get the ball kind of rolling. But after that, we do want to have people that um, might not fly in the same circles as us or even we've clashed with in the past. Um, it'd be really cool to have people of different different suits and sizes on the show to, um, you know, for example, PvP. Um you know, we've dabbled with it a little bit, but there are some real aces out there that have a lot of information on PvP or even other aspects of the game that we're not really into or, um, you know, we don't know much about. So this pod, uh, there we go, podcast, this podcast um, is really about, you know, just kind of opening up conversations um, on a platform away from people that like to derail it. Um, so and this is this is community focused. This isn't about our little yeah. circle of people. This is for yeah. the entirety of the community. So like Ray's was saying, we want to see people from the other side of the aisles talk about other things. Uh oh. Yep. Hang on. Okay, never mind. I heard a weird noise. I heard it too. Did the recording stop? It says it's still going. Okay. Good. Well, anyways, either so, way, probably yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, yeah. So we want we want guests on the show. Um, that maybe push the status quo, make us think, because you know maybe that that's what happens one day is someone says something, and it's like, huh, never thought of it that way. So that's the goal. So, um, yeah, I think we should right. uh, button it up. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye now. Follow.